0: One of the most natural phenomenons of life and one of the most natural realities of life in a default state of life for every single human being is that life will come with different challenges. Life will come with hardships. Life will come with its lows and its highs. This is not unique to, not unique to an individual, not unique to a specific community. This is the default state of life. Muhammad Zali, he says, Dunya al that the default state of life is difficulty The default state of life for majority of the people is some form of grief some form of loss, some form of hardship and that in the default is not happiness The default was never comfort and ease That was always the concession That was always a gift And when a person is able to internalize that the moments of ease and the moments of happiness and the moments of comfort are gifts their ability to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is magnified Because they do not consider that to be a default But rather they realize that the default was and always will be يَا insan inna kadihun ila rabbika kadhan O human being, you will go through one difficulty And the moment it comes to an end and you believe and you, be- and you think That now it's all done and there will be comfort and ease There will be a second difficulty فَمُلَاقِي until you finally come and see me A man came to Abdullah Nubart, rahimahullah And he said Mata ar-raha? Mata ar-raha? When will there finally be ease? When will there finally be comfort? A mother who's lost a child She will continuously ask When will I finally be able to see my son again? A child who's lost a parent will always ask When will I be united with my parents again? Like how the Sahabas, when they lost the Prophet of Allah وسلم, their constant remarks and sentiments were echoed by saying, when will, we, when will we be united with the Prophet again? This is the nature of life. And when he was asked this question, he said, That the first step that you take into Jannah will be the moment that you finally find comfort, the moment you finally find ease, and a sense of serenity. Because life comes with difficulties And life will continue coming with challenges So the question becomes If these challenges are to come upon us And continue to befall upon us How are we supposed to persevere? How are we able to stand up to the rubble that is above us? The turbulent waves are crashing against us How are we able to fight through this thing that we call life? And we turn towards nobody else Better than our Qudwa, our role model our Habib sallallahu who he says fillahi ma lam ahad wa fillahi ma lam ahad i have been made to struggle i have been made to go through more difficulty pain and agony more so than anybody else more challenges than anybody else if we were to unveil and uncover the life of our prophet sallallahu and aim to see Whether or not he was a happy person or who lived a happy life In an objective way, we would all come back with the answer saying He didn't live a happy life Neither was he an extremely happy person Yes, he was always smiling But let it not be such that we are deceived that that smile was definitive to his happiness But rather it was a source of joy for others How could a person be happy? If he lost six of his seven children in his own lifetime How could he be happy that If his life began with difficulty without a father And at the age of five he loses his mother How could a person truly be happy And therefore Nowhere in the Quran does Allah highlight The objective of life to be happiness The objective of life is to be content ولا تجزع لحوادث الليالي فمالي حوادث الدنيا بقاء ولا حزن يدوم ولا سرور ولا بؤس عليك ولا رخاء اذا كنت ذا قلب قنوع فانت ومالك الدنيا سواء فهمام شايف رحمه الله says know that no sadness neither happiness will ever remain forever واذا كنت ذا قلب قنوع if we become people who are content then us and the kings of the world are equal. How did he persevere? And they tell us, when we go through challenges, that the most important component in the face of difficulty and hardships and loss is emotional support. It's mental support. That people are there for us. That we can put our head on their shoulders And we can speak to them and they will console us And they will show us love Which will allow our hearts to be filled And our hearts to be molded once again But what if I was to ask you About an individual Who saw nothing but trauma his entire life And he had no emotional support Emotional support comes from a mother Whose soft touch and tender voice Is able to create a sense of comfort for a child But how about that Prophet whose mother was never there? Emotional support and mental fortitude comes from a father Whose wisdom and his guidance is able to allow a person to walk through the mountains And know that there will still be a way out through it But what about a person who had no father? Comfort comes from a spouse But how about Khadija? How about a prophet who lost his Khadija? Where does his comfort come from? Where does his perseverance come from? When we look at the people of Ghazza and we're seeing children, families, mothers, fathers, and everyone becoming shaheed, and we think to ourselves, "How is it possible for this man wearing a turban, wearing a thobe, holding his daughter in his arms, and he is saying that this is my soul and this is my soul soul, and he is content with the qadar of Allah, saying, ilallahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, wa lillahi ata wa lillahi How is it possible? We've all seen this video." of this father wrapping his daughter. Where does he get his strength from? Where do those people who've lost their families gain strength? Because we know for a fact that it's not from you and I. It's not from the people of the world. And the reason why we search for strength from the people of this world is because we've lost sight. Where true strength actually comes from. Where true strength is actually confined in. Their perseverance, their strength, their mental fortitude is confined in their relationship with Allah. Where Allah becomes their source of strength. <laughs> where Allah becomes the eyes that they see with, the ears that they hear with, the hands that they touch with meaning in every move of their life. In every sigh of difficulty, there is a comfort that is given to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How was this man able to stand so tall, where he had the burden of the world on his shoulders, where his responsibility was to bring the kalima all across the world? When we go through difficulty, it's difficult enough for us to smile at our own spouses, our own family members, forget smile at the masjid, at the community members in the masjid. It's difficult enough for us to shake. The hands of our own siblings. Forget hug a stranger. And when they say to us, why are you so? Why, why the long face? Why the frown? And we say, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, we know what the Prophet went through. And jalil ibn Abdullah says, sallallahu That I never saw, interacted, or engaged with the Prophet of Allah except that he was smiling at me. Not because he was happy, but because he wished to make me happy. His relationships were not always incentivized for him to be the beneficiary of that relationship. Whereas in a capitalistic world, even our handshakes are incentivized for us to be a beneficiary. When we ask ourselves, when was the last time I cultivated, I cultivated, invested in a relationship where I had absolutely no benefit. Whereas the person in front of me was a beneficiary, not me. Why is it such that it's so easy for me to go to someone's wedding, but so difficult for me to stand in someone's janazah? Why is it such that it's so easy for me to visit someone when they have a bridal shower or a baby shower, but when they're sick in the hospital, we find it difficult? Because we always wish to be a beneficiary. We want to be shown happiness, experience joy, Whereas in those moments, we have to lend our psychological reserve to those people. We have to become people who have enough psychological reserve that people can connect with us and benefit not only from our wealth, but our presence. How was he able to succeed? Because Allah's intervention was always there. When the Prophet of Allah was given nabuwa and the people of Mecca, started to use slurs and the chants that they used against him, and the Prophet of Allah struggled with it because he's only a human. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We know that what they say to you, it hurts you, it bothers you. Just because someone says Alhamdulillah doesn't mean their heart is not torn into pieces. We would be, the, we would be people who are in the in the greatest ultimate delusion. If we thought that a mother or a father who lost their child in Gaza And we see their video and they say Alhamdulillah We're like, okay, they're good They're not good If anyone over here has lost a loved one Who's experienced our hardship We don't say Alhamdulillah simply because we're happy We say it because there's nothing else to say There's nothing else that our tongue is allowed to utter we can cry with the Prophet of Allah when he lost Ibrahim and Abdurrahman al-Auf saw him tearing where his tears had drenched his beard and he looked at him and he said, wa anta ya Allah, You cry? You cry like this? And the Prophet of Allah looked at him and he said, tadma yahzan. Yes, I will cry. Do not allow anyone to tell you that crying is is oxymoronic to belief. Rather, it's definitive of your belief in Allah. Where Ibrahim cried till his eyesight went away. So I cry, my heart is broken. However, وَلَا نَقُولُ إِلَّا بِمَا يَرْضَى بِهِ رَبُّنَا. Our perseverance isn't found in our emotions, it's found in our responses. It's found in our actions. Ibn Qayyim says, believers are not found to be believers because of who they are. They're found to be believers. Believers are not found to be believers because of their situations They're found to be believers because of how they react to those situations When they're given something good, they thank Allah When they're given a difficulty, they praise Allah Alhamdulillah is gratitude and it's also praise They say Alhamdulillah and we see their video And we caress our egos to sleep thinking to ourselves At least they're okay, they're not okay That smile is not a sign of being okay that Alhamdulillah is a plea to Allah saying, Ya Allah, if you're happy, then that's all that matters. Walaita wal alhayatu marira Walayta katarda wal anamu hidabu. Walayta ladi baini wabayna ka'amiru. Wa baini wa bayna la ala mina kharabu, Ida sahamin kal wuddu fakullu hayin wa kulla ladi faqat tu rabi tu rabu. Where the poet says, Ya Allah, if you are pleased, then that's all that really matters for us. So, in this moment where he's been given Nabuwa and people are challenging him, and they're saying words like, Your Lord has left you. In that moment of darkness and loneliness, like the people of Gaza, Allah intervenes. When the world turns their backs towards us, the intervention of Allah is always present. It's always there for us. It's always dominant in our life. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intervenes and He says, وَالضُحَى ma wa Oh, I swear by the beauty of the light that comes in the morning, in the darkness of the sky, and Manqurti Bir narrates that, I take an oath by the beauty of your face. The light on your face that is such... Hassan ibn Thabit says, That if the Prophet his entire life sat on a chair and said nothing, showed no miracles, performed and, and gave no instructions, the simple presence of his would be enough for people to know, he's a, know that he's a Prophet. Your Lord hasn't left you. He will never forsake you. And then they started saying things again. And Allah intervened once again by saying, ya ayyuhal الْمُزَّمِّلِ قُمِّ اللَّيْلَ illa قَلِيلًا And over here, we quickly extract a point that is important for us to recognize that perseverance isn't simply understanding that we're going through difficulty. Perseverance is able to continue that which we were doing prior to that difficulty and adding more submission within our life where well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he praises the perseverance of sahabas by saying wa Rasulu wa that when they, when they were in the, the jaws of difficulty when they were pushed against the wall when Musa salam was in front of the sea in Fir'aun behind him their level of faith increased in Allah and they would say things like, Inna Ma'ya Rabbi that Allah is with me right now. When they were in the cave and the people were on top of them to an extent that if they were to look beneath them, they would see Abu Bakr and the Prophet and the Prophet. Says, La inna Allah ma'ana. In that moment, perseverance also means to continue adding more submission to our life. Therefore, wherever we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consoling the Prophet, and his moments of loss, we also see an instruction of adding more deeds in his life. We also see a commandment that you must increase in your submission. You must increase in your sacrifice. You must increase in your prayer. He is the one going through difficulty. And Allah is saying, the Prophet of Allah, when an orphan comes to you, do not ever turn him away. Let people benefit from your blessings. He is the one going through difficulty. And Allah is saying, O oh, the one that shrouds himself, illa Increase in your worship of the night. Increase in your devotion of the night. He is the one that lost a child in Qasim. And Abu Lahab is jeering and cheering on his loss. Walking through the streets of Mecca and in saying, Inna Muhammadan qad ibatara. That Muhammad will not have a legacy, neither will he have a lineage. Because their assumptions, as are the assumptions of the people of this world, that legacy is built upon children, legacy is built upon businesses, legacies are built upon that which we build for this world. And that's what they assumed. But the Deen of Allah taught us the mentality that legacies are built upon what we built for the Akhirah, what we take for the Akhirah. Allahumma la aisha illa aisha al Akhirah. With the Prophet of Allah in the middle of the battle of the trench that Sheikh Masmari was just referring to, where the discomfort and the difficulty of the Muslims has reached the epitome, where Sahabas have tied rocks to their bellies and they're struggling, they're just holding themselves as they're digging this trench. And they really are saying things like قَدْ They actually think that they won't receive any help In such dark moments The Prophet of Allah He looks at them And he calls upon them and he says Oh my companions Do we not know Allahumma لا illa إلا That there is no life of this world That there is no life of this world If it does not create benefit for the akhirah If it does not create A source of relief in the akhirah where the Prophet of Allah created a mentality of woman arad al akhirah, that whosoever lives with the akhirah in front of them, that their movements and their decisions of life are primarily identified and decided by what benefits their akhirah, not what benefits their dunya. And when a person lives with this mentality, the definition of victory changes, and the definition of loss changes. The world will see. The people becoming Shaheed to be a loss. And Allah identifies that to be a victory for them. It's not a victory for us. The verdict is still out there for us. But it's a victory for them. Because the mentality was always hurled towards the Akhirah as he loses his child. And the people start saying things like he has no legacy. Because they believe that legacy was built from this dunya. The Prophet of Allah, in those moments of pure grief, heartbroken, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He intervenes. kal We just read the surah like it's an easy surah. But someone lost a child for us to receive it. Someone lost their son for us to be given the gift of surah kawthar. Someone went through a lot of difficulty for us to be given surah al Inna <inaudible> We've already given you the kawthar. and in that moment of difficulty, once again, Allah subhanahu wa taala prescribes to increase in his submission. Fassallili Rabbika wa Perseverance is not saying that I'm okay. Perseverance is saying Fassallili <inaudible> Rabbik. Stand up and pray. Wa <inaudible> Give charity. And I'll end with the last story of one of the Prophet's most difficult moments. When Aisha asked the Prophet of Allah, what was the most difficult day of your life? And he responded by saying, in Mecca it was the day of Ta'if, and in Medina it was the day that I lost my uncle Hamza. And in the journey of Ta'if, where we have heard multiple times, where this honorable man comes as a messenger, a Sadiqul Amin, and he is disrespected, humiliated, in every way, shape and form. And he's physically tortured, where his feet and the shoes that he, are, he is wearing are stuck to each other because they're clogged with blood. And as he leaves the city and he is kicked out of the city, he reaches the Garden of Addas. And in that moment of difficulty, he recognized that perseverance isn't simply saying that I'm going through a hardship. Perseverance is saying that I must continue the mission Allah gave me. And in that moment, Where he was literally humiliated like nobody else, he asks this youngster who's bringing him grapes, Where are you from? And Adda says, Min Nainawa. I'm from Nainawa. And the Prophet of Allah says, Oh, that's the city that my brother is from, Yunus ibn Matta. You're from the same city. And now, because he is persevering, he's not going to say to him, Okay, cool, you can go now. Thank you for the grapes. Because perseverance is that now I continue my mission. People of maturity do not allow their emotions to dictate their responses. People of maturity allow the values that they hold to dictate their responses. They don't come home and their response is sporadic because of how their day went. Their response is consistent because the ethics that they live with. So you can can guess how they will respond. Like they could guess that the Prophet would walk into the room room smiling. They knew it, because his responses were always consistent. That's that's, that's a city of my brother. And he says to him, how do you know him? They were both Prophets. And he says to him, okay, if you're a Prophet, what do you teach? And the Prophet of Allah forgot about all of his difficulty. And he went ahead and gave that one person da'wah. He called that one person to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He forgot about the rest of them That one person Because my mission must continue Perseverance is to continue And he became a Muslim And in that moment of difficulty of Ta'if The hardest day of the Prophet's life Allah once again intervened And how did he intervene? In the most difficult moment He gave him the greatest gift and that was the gift of him saying to the Prophet of Allah, the people of the world don't want to speak to you, but I want to speak to you. And he called him for mi'raj. The, the f- few days after ta'if, the Prophet was called for mi'raj to console the Prophet of Allah. The same intervention is there for us today. The same intervention of Allah's love, His comfort. That presence of Allah's intervention is omnipresent. It's ever consistent. It's everlasting. And when he goes for mi'raj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once again continues his same sunnah, which is to console the person and to ask him to continue doing what he is doing. In mi'raj, he wasn't just consoled, he was given the greatest gift of salat. That from today onwards, whenever you're going through difficulty, this is your gift. And that's exactly how the Prophet lived his life. بَإِذَا حَزَبَهُ أَمْرٌ فَزِيَعَ إِلَى الصَّلَاتِ Whenever difficult moments came to his life, he would always refer back to salat. Wherever difficulty increased, intervention increased. And where intervention increased, submission increased. We cannot say that we persevere without increasing our submission. We cannot say that we have patience Without increasing our level of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the constant variable that we see in all of the Prophet's difficulties, in all of the Sahaba's difficulties, that they will allow themselves to persevere through Allah's intervention, and by doing so, their level of submission increased, where we see the people of the world struggling today. There's some, every single person sitting here is going through some level of pain, some level of, some level of absence, Some challenge, some hardship Rather than looking for a shoulder to cry upon And relying upon that Allah gave a sajda (inaudible) After Ta'if, the Prophet didn't speak to people He spoke to Allah (inaudible) Allahumma inni ashku ilayka du'afa quwati Wa qillata heilati wa hawani ala al-nas. Allah, I complain only to you I speak only to you Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah says One of the greatest healers Of a broken heart Is the concept of munajat billah The ability to speak to Allah openly The ability to speak to Allah at night Not dua Just speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So where we see ourselves struggling, we refer back to this same process where Allah will intervene. And when we see people struggling and we see that they are persevering, we know that Allah is intervening over there as well. Allah's intervention is there for those who are struggling more than anybody else, like the people in Gaza. And we live with the mentality and difficulties become far easier. Challenges become far easier when we know that there are challenges that only live in this world. And we know that the Akhirah will bear none of that But rather it will give us nothing but ease and comfort Qaqa al-Ausi He once came to his friend while he was walking And he said to him Dullani ala shay'in Aw bi shay'in bihi al jannah Tell me something That will increase my longing for jannah Tell me something That will increase my longing for jannah And he looked at his friend and he said That's very easy He said three words Fiha Rasulullah. In Jannah is the Prophet of Allah In Jannah are the sahabas When Billah رضي الله عنه, was on his deathbed And the people around him and his wife started to say Wa huzana. What a day of grief What a day of sorrow As we are saying to the people who are becoming shaheed And his her husband As he would gain his consciousness He would look at her and say لا تقولي هَكَذَا Don't say that Tomorrow I will meet the Prophet and his companions We wish to be raised with them And the best way to be able to earn that level Is to live a life that pleases them We were not fortunate enough To be the sand that he walked upon We were not fortunate enough to be the camel that he rode upon We were not fortunate enough to be the date palm tree that he spoke next to We were not fortunate enough to be the Sahabas that saw him but if we live a life that is obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, embodying the Sunnah of the Prophet, we will be fortunate enough to drink from His hands on the day of judgment from the Hawt of Kauthar. May Allah make us amongst those people that recognize and identify strength doesn't also come from Allah. Strength only comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa Alhamdulillah.